You're listening to Magrito Podcast Network, celebrating the culture of Chicanos and Latinos one story and voice at a time. Connect on social, on Instagram and Facebook at Magrito. Find all the Magrito Podcast Network shows over at magrito.net. en directo Emo Brown Studios in the heart of Chula Vista San Diego episode of Emo Brown the saddest Mexican podcast is brought to you by the wonderful people at Grasshopper for your medicinal recreational cannabis needs ghbuds.com get at them they got you take your Emo Brown social club card get your discount how do you get that? get on Patreon follow us all to a good cause Maigrito Industries, you'll learn more about them later, but today, it's good to have some local heroes here, bro. Some dudes from the hood, here from the community, seen them around the brewery before, chopped it up a little bit, brought them in and said, hey man, let's get you guys on the podcast. A lot of people want to hear what you're all about. A lot of people want to know the origins. Everybody seems to think they're your cousins. I've seen people everywhere. Oh, my primo, my primo. It's like I suffer from the same disease, my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, Los Compitas de Tribal Season. Oh, shit. shit. I got Tony Ray Rajobo here. And we got Luis Castillo. Hey, boys. What's cracking? Yo, man. What's Thanks happening? Us. Hey, man. It's, it's awesome to have you. I'm excited to have you here in the studio in the dungeon where, you know, we're, we're free to do whatever the fuck we want, boys. Let's have a good time. I'm inquisitive by nature, so I'll ask you a lot of random questions. But more importantly, I want to know more about you guys, bro. Your origins. Where did you start? How did you start? Why did you start? It was uh, myself and my brother Steve, 17 and 15 years old at Benita Vista High School. Started, What's up, dog? Barons for life. Yep. Started jamming with some friends from the school, a couple of the guys we grew up with, and um, we were trying to teach ourselves how to play reggae music, and we sucked, you know, trying to learn, just listening to records and trying to learn by ear and figure out chords and grooves and whatnot. And by ear, dog. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's how yeah. you do it. Yeah, I took like trumpet lessons in middle school, but that's about it, you know? And um, so we were jamming with those guys and then we met up with a Latin rapper producer named Shiesty. And uh, we ended up going to his studio and recording some demos with him. And that was the first time we actually recorded something and put something down. And so myself and my brother wanted to pursue it full time. So um, we stuck with it. Um, the other guys didn't uh, stay with the band. So we did those demos and uh, we tried to find some band members along the way and start playing shows locally, bars, anywhere we can play, um, you know, in front of nobody. And um, eventually Makeda Dread from the World Beat Center yes, sir. put us on to some of her events and Local festivals legends. and yeah. uh, concerts. So, you know, a lot of love and uh, first opportunity. That, that was the first opportunity right there. World Beat Center. That was one of our first. Hell one yeah, of our bro. first shows was um, yeah, it was Martin Luther King Day at uh, Bobo Park. Heck yeah, yeah. So um, you know, shout out to Makeda for that. You know, she was the first one to you know put us in front of an audience really, and uh, we just started grinding from then on. You know, first instrument you learned to play. First instrument, uh, I think I took guitar lessons as a kid. I didn't stick with it though. In middle school is when I did a band and played trumpet you know, for a year and then, you know, playing with a uh, tribal seas. I was just learning everything by ear, you know, I was listening to records and trying to pick it up. Here we are. What? 18 years later, dog. 
Yep. Damn, because it's 2003, the origin, you and your brother. And you and your brother stuck through this thing for 18 years. You took a little break. You're coming back. I want to learn all about that, too. But how about you, Compita? Compita Louis, pues. Tell me a little something about yourself. Aquí, aquí, este. <clears throat> aquí vivo directo, este. Representando donde venimos. Where's that? Uh, Where you from? Pues Chula Juan. <laughs> Pero aquí, <laughs> aquí estamos, este. You know, appreciate. Thank you for having us. Always, bro. First You're always all, welcome. My boy Steve right here. Um, uh, the beer is amazing here. We've been coming here. Thank and you. Um, just being here from Chula Vista, you know, uh, growing up in, in a very uh, roots founded kind of area and a kind of a culture here that is here in Chula Vista. And we just love that, you know, me and Tira have been friends since probably since we were like, well, like five, six years old, seven years old. Yeah, we played soccer together as kids. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. We broke bread. AYSO here. All, all the spots around here playing. Orange basketball. slices. Orange slices. Capri Suns. We grew up um, seeing each other in the community and our parents knew each other and it was a great vibe. And um, we didn't, I think we didn't see each other for what? Like, 15, 20 years, bro. And we even went to the same high school and we were kind of kicking it with different cliques. Uh -huh. and, and then... Um, and as in Greece or too, I'm like, you know, pa, 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 You know what? I was bodyboarding hard and All skating. Right. Yeah. My, I was kicking it with the skaters. Yeah I was, yeah, I was dropping my body down down like 10 stairs and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just going What's big. What's what you go to? Benita too. También. Benita yeah. as well. Look I was starting guys. off in Chula, but we were, you know, trying not to get in trouble. So our parents put us in Benita. Yeah. And we I got did, even uh, more in trouble. I did one year in Montgomery myself too. <laughs> did you really? Yeah, no, yeah Benita, people say it's a very uppity, very goody, goody. I was like, damn. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> You've never been there, have you? <laughs> <laughs> nah, Benita, it's a good high school, man. It, yeah, then, just yeah, by absolutely. talking to people on the podcast, I've realized that there's a lot of people that origin is Benita, like a Compita Marcos, bro. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. POD yeah. established yeah. itself from Benita. It's like, yeah. all right, cool. So tell me a little about what instrument you started with. At that time, uh, what was it? Like I was eight years old, seven years old, and I started playing the piano. All right. The piano was the first one where um, my dad noticed I had an ear. He started questioning. He was, uh, my dad's Jorge Castillo from uh, San Diego, librarian okay. from the community here and off of Orange Avenue. And, uh, Beautiful Third library. Avenue right there. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he would always, uh, he's a musician himself. And he would always play some songs and he would start like questioning, you know, me, testing me a little bit. And he'd be like, okay, I think this kid got an ear. And then uh, one time he was playing, I think it was, uh, he would play for the kids. So, you know, he had like the Jungle Book raps and all that stuff. And I think he was playing that one song, uh, I'm the king of the sweetest king, the Dumbo VIP, something like that. You know what I mean? It's the Jungle I, Book song. Something like that, bro. You just and nailed I, it right there, for, word for word. <laughs> and I told him, and I was like, dad, I stopped him. And he'll tell you the story himself. And I stopped him and he goes, he goes, I, no, I say, that's wrong. And I sing it to him in key. Mm -mm. And then he was just like, what? And he was just like, damn. So right away he started putting me into the piano and I was, I was asking him, I want to play piano. It's a good year mm -hmm. to learn to play piano? Yeah, I think piano at that time, like as, as a youngster, like it's the easiest one to like use as hands. Especially because okay. I've taught a lot of kids and a lot of the youth too. And when you teach, guitar is really structured to like put in the time. You have to put in time to like the muscles and it hurts that bit at first. And you have to have the discipline to sit there for an hour. Sometimes these kids, like the parents force them to like learn a kid you know it's natural when they do it themselves. Arre. And they're doing it. You you catch them in the corner practicing. No themselves. pressure. Strictly no pressure. passion. And you're just like, damn, he's doing it. on. I don't even have to force this yeah. guy. And he's doing it. When you see that in your child, that's when you know. Shit, all they do right yeah. now passionately is play Fortnite, bro. <laughs> no manches, bro. Eat snacks and, and play Fortnite on the regular. <laughs> Jesus, man. Time. It is a different time, man. I grew up on Duck Hunt and, and Super Mario Brothers. There These dudes go. are playing like some outlandish games. Like, man, what? 
Anymore? Hey, we are, we are where we are. Yeah. I'd love to get my kids into music, man. And I'm still kind of, it's a crazy passive journey with raising a family for me, you know? And, and I have three little boys and I'm just trying to figure out what do they like? What do they like? So, I don't want to be the dad that you're playing baseball. Absolutely. You're playing soccer, you absolutely. know? Yeah. They're going to do jujitsu because that's, I'm sorry, kids. That's just something you're going to have to do. It teaches you how to rely on yourself, defend yourself and others, whoever needs protecting, you know? That's what I tell my kids. Yep. Yeah, I told them, man. I was like, there's daddy electives. Mm-hmm. Go there's ahead. pops electives. Mm-hmm. And I told them, I was like, one, espanol. Mm-hmm. So I got them. I'm already starting them on Spanish because they're getting older. How old are your kids? So my kids are 13 and 9. No, ya tienes pinches adultos. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, ya están grandes. Ya están, ya están chavalones, yeah, no? Yeah, they're like Republicans probably now. Look at that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, my mom tried to transvert them to another. <laughs> but but no, um, uh, no, it's just about teaching them what's going on. And uh, at that time, I told them, and now actually this time, I was like, dude, there's dad electives. And there's Spanish, one martial arts, and one sport. Boom. After school, that's what you got to do. Figure it out. Choose it. I'll put it in. That's, not, that's not a bad recipe. You, you know, know I mean? My kids yeah. right now reject Spanish. Two of the three are all about it. One of the oldest is like, daddy, Spanish is fuchi. It's not for me. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but we're going to bring him around, bro. We're going to bring him around. Later, later, we just though. play corridos at home for him. And, and, and wifey plays like uh, Juan Gabriel music. And, you know, old school shit. And then that's because that's the environment I was raised in. I was raised around music. I'm going to assume I'm going to put money down that you guys were raised in that environment Tenfold times fucking a hundred. Absolutely. Because you you obviously love and are passionate about what you're doing. You know, you guys were both started playing instruments at a very young age. Why reggae? What, how did you guys get drawn into playing reggae music? For myself and Steve, um, the lead singer, we grew up with that in our household. My dad started listening to it when he was a teenager. So before we can walk and talk, it was Bob Marley, Still Pulse, Alpha Blondie, Burning Spear, um, so many, you know, growing up that we, we uh, listen to and the message in the music is um, what we gravitated towards like in our teenage years, you know, and um, hearing the messages of Bible stories and Bible characters, you know, that intrigued us, you know, and my dad was kind of big on that, you know, kind of, you know, getting us involved in that. Like he took us to church here and there and we went to different types of churches, but um nothing ever really stuck for us on, on the religious side of things, but you know, the, the inspiration that we got from hearing this music and these messages, you know, it just felt like power and, and like, um, we were really inspired by it. And then myself and my brother went to a midnight concert on uh, the band midnight from St. Croix Virgin islands. And, um, after seeing them is what really made us want to start the band and, just seeing that power and that's all know, it took from the stage. Yeah. And that's, Hell what, yeah. that's what started travel seats for us. Was that your first uh, concert you guys ever went to? No, uh, we grew up going to reggae shows. Um, Makeda dreads shows. It was one of the, you know, concerts that we went to as young kids. And, um, we saw Shiloh, uh, now big mountain, mm-hmm. you know, uh, when we were young kids and he was one of the first, like in the San Diego County to start bringing reggae, you know, locally, um, but roots reggae has always been big in San Diego since I was young, you know, <clears throat> like the, this American reggae scene that we have now wasn't around when I was a kid, you know, like a lot of kids from my school didn't even know what reggae was, you know, but now there's a lot of fans of, you know, revolution, iration, oh, sure. slightly stupid, mm. you know, pepper, all these bands, you know, iration. So it, it's awesome to, to see how it's grown over the years and, you know, just, you know, blessed to be a part of this. It's a, it's a, it's a Chula Vista vibe. You know what I mean? I, I grew up listening to my cousins. 
were older than me. So, so they would kind of like, Iramico, escucha esto. Like, listen to this. They got me into like Chalino Sanchez. They got me into like Ica Mouse. They got me into, fuck, what was some English rapper? I don't even remember. Uh, being cheap. Slick Rig Dog. Like, they got me into that. So it, for me, it was like unlocking new levels like, strictly by what they introduced me to. But Ica Mouse was something that was a, a cornerstone in everything I did, bro. Like, if you put me and, and the brewery and everything I'm a part of in the blender, it's like Norteño punk rock music. Soccer and some reggae. And yeah. then it's like, poof, out comes three point gales, you know, poof, out comes everything we do, like Emo Brown or whatever. It's yeah. like, it's all in here for me, for me. And so when you say like, yeah, that style of, of music has always been indicative of what goes down in, in, in San Diego. I agree, man. Chula Vista specifically. That's all we knew growing up, man. Yeah. And we had that Bob Marley Day Festival at the sports arena yeah. every year. And uh, I always look forward to that. And that was one of the what first What was that shows. on? It was like during uh, President's Day. President's Day, yeah. I remember being in high school and going to get my uh, my learning permit or whatever, my driver's permit during those classes at Budget. And then everyone was like, hey, we're going to go to the sports arena. Yep. It is Marley Day Festival. And it was like, no, mom is, yeah. I don't smoke. Well, by the time you walked into that arena, you were high as fuck, yep. dude. As soon as you went, it was like, fuck, cabron. That was like a <laughs> fucking cloud of smoke that just hit you in your face. Yep, and um, a, lot of, a lot of those Jamaican Roots artists were some of the big acts, you know, mm-hmm. at, at that festival. For like sure. Gregory Isaacs, Don Carlos, uh, Barrington, Ica Mouse, you know, um, so many of, you know, those Roots reggae artists. And, you know, it, it, it got me a lot of pride, you know, growing up here and then having reggae music, you know, have such a strong impact to this city and specifically South San Diego, you know, for whatever reason we gravitate, a lot of people from this area gravitate towards Roots music. There's a lot of San Diego talent and musically period. But like you guys mentioned, Big Mountain was one of the first ones. Slightly Stupid quickly followed after that. Then you guys carried the baton. The torch has been passed to you guys. I feel like that's been the three tier system of what you guys are about right now. You know, Big Mountain came through. All right, who's next? Ooh, okay, Slightly Stupid. Let's take it to OB. Pass. OB has it now. It's like, you know what? They're still doing their still they're still doing their thing, still touring doing. But now it's like, boom, we gotta hand it off to somebody else. I feel like you guys are gonna capitalize the most off of it. Cause this is you guys are from Chula Vista, you know, it's a this is the second biggest city in the county of San Diego. Right. There's a lot of lot of years. It's very diverse down here. Right. So it's a it's a it, what kind of sense of responsibility do you guys feel that you have taking on such a tall task? Obviously you're super talented and you have it already at hand. That just seems a little overwhelming. It's like, all right, boys, it's it's your turn to carry the baton. It's your yeah. turn to take it to the next level. Specifically speaking for myself and Steve, you know, like I said, growing up, hearing the roots and, you know, the messages behind it, it's important for Steve to c- kind of continue that message and that, that vibe, that roots vibe. And so he always wants that prominent in our sound, you know. I like experimenting with different types of genres within our music, you know, but I think one component that we always have to have is that, you know, that spiritual side of our music. So that's what we grew up with. That was our main source of influence and inspiration. So we have to have that in our sound. So I feel like that's a responsibility that we have to continue on. And, um, this was your first band with your brother and you guys, this, you stuck it out. Like this was the seed that you guys planted and and, and then now you've watered it and nurtured it. And it is where it is now. Well, what are you about? Where did you start? What band was this your first band too? Do you currently work with any other bands? Let me know, bro. No, no, it's 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 all it's all really relative. It's all connected. It's all intertwined through the years and through time and space of like how we how we were all everything happens for a reason, obviously. There's no coincidence. Everything's already supposed to happen in the past, present, and future, uh, which is the present. And um for me is when 
when I met him, we had no idea at the time when we were little, you know, little youth playing soccer together and, you know, messing around that we were going to be in the same band. Here comes 25 years later. Yeah, for here sure. we are. And being from the, I think the biggest blessing was like, you could have been from a lot of different areas of Chula Vista, but Bonita for some reason had a nice little spectrum and history of roots reggae music. And roots reggae music was huge there. Uh, it was uh, the culture that was evolving there with like a lot of buddies that were already doing it before us. Bands like Crucial, Brethren, Stranger, uh, etc. I was in a band called Dub Shack at the time. That was my first band where I was drumming and singing and kind of orchestrating that band together. So drumming and singing. Yeah, yeah. So you time, started. All right, nice, very nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty versatile on all the instruments. I I prided myself in trying to learn all of them and putting in time into Infield all. Infield Collins. That's why he got the job. That's why he got the job. Exactly. Took over my spot. <laughs> Utility role player. Hey, bro. Show me how many things you can do, and I'll show you how many roles to fill. For real, man. Well, the one thing I can't play is the accordion, and you have one What's there. Up, I know you dog? can play that. Shawe, okay, yes, I'm uh, learning. Un corrido, por favor. Calmado, Diego. <laughs> Not gonna happen. <laughs> but it looks like a beautiful accordion, by the way. It feels nice too. Um, <laughs> um, but no, it, it was a it was a a blessing just coming, like you said, from like the Chula Vista area and 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 Bonita and just collab with everything. Anything past, if you go the eighth on, on not the eighth, but on the eight on the eighth freeway, anything north. It's not part of us. Mm. It kind of is. I don't even know what's over there, bro. You know, I get real close like and I'm border. like, you know, mamas, let's go home. It's like an invisible border. Yeah, it's like, over there, I yeah. go up there. But it's okay. <laughs> we, we still love the, you know, the brethren, all the For homies sure. over there. But but there's a culture over that we grew up to. We got here. so much down here yeah. in Chula Vista. I, I always see it as like, I don't need to leave, bro. Yeah. You know, there's so much here in South San Diego. It's like yeah. food, entertainment, todo el pedo. It's like, I, I don't feel like I got to leave. Exactly. Even you, nowadays, man, like I enjoy going to different parts of the city, but mm. like to even go to like OB or something, it's just like, ah, yeah, it's a whole thing. It's yeah. like, I get it. Everything in San Diego is 15 minutes apart, but it's like Chula Vista has this weird thing. It's like an anchor in your soul that it's like, don't go too far. Like, motherfucker, Cause here, you got to yeah. come back. You got to yeah. come back. <laughs> Cause you might let, miss the last exit and go straight into Tijuas. And you're like, what's going on, bro? But tampoco no pasa nada ahí, bro. No, no. <laughs> Just finding your way back is a pain in the butt. You got, you're a very talented artist, bro. Like I, looking up into what, what you've been up to and, and who you work with. You work with POD. How often do you guys, how do you tour with them? Are you a studio artist? with them or how does that work no i've been sessioning uh sessioning artists with them for a long time they brought me in uh actually at the time i was playing a lot with kino from big big ups to right. kino my boy kino a good mentor of mine and um and it seems bud. to be the the common denominator he's the mentor for all south san diego as it really yeah, said this is. music in general yeah yeah absolutely he's been a mentor and brought a lot of people under his wing very well respected in the community of san diego and we love kino man kino puts a lot of time into the back into the community oh, for sure of all san diego you know what I'm saying? Being part of this, the culture and being part of Big Mountain at that time in like the early 90s, before Sublime, before before anything that was happening right now in the Cali Roots, he like the, those cats are the original Cali Roots, if you think about it. The first Chicano Hueros that were like dreadlocks inside, infiltrating inside the Jamaican scene. And with that What's song, the reception using the word infiltrating? Is, is, is there a, a positive reception from the OG community and that style of music? Or is there a negative? Is there a pushback? No, no, it's positive. I mean, we, we have to show our respects to It seems like that's the culture. Very, very positive. Yeah. Very yeah. welcoming. Very like yeah. hold you by the hand and say, hey, if you're going to do this, this is how we do it. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I'm very grateful for a lot of the Jamaican artists that have showed us love over the years. You know, like this, this is their music. You know, mm. it came from their island, you know. And um, to be like 
you know, res- like they show us a lot of love and respect and to have that from them, you know, it means a lot to us. So, you know, we got to have some legends on our albums and songs, you know, like, like I said, Midnight was yeah. the main inspiration that, that started Tribal Seeds and we got him on a track. Um, you know, rest in peace to Vaughn Benjamin now. He's, he's not here with us anymore, but uh, Don Carlos, Michael Rose, um, Protégé, he's kind of like the new school roots artist from Jamaica. You know, just having these guys on our songs, man, it's just been a blessing and, you know, we're grateful for that. So the Kelly Roots style is something that I I recently learned about, you know, because I didn't know the, the subgenres. I just pretty much knew, okay, there's reggae, there's dub style to the reggae, and then yeah, Kelly Roots, as soon as like you guys came out in Revolution, because wifey and I saw you guys the first time, like I was telling you when we were talking another day, it's like, Wave House, bro. How long ago was that? That had to be like at least 10 years ago. We didn't have kids. My oldest is nine and wifey was not pregnant. So that shit was like over 10 years ago. It was at the Wave House and we were like, fuck, this is a great band. You know, we, we, we were out there just kind of like vibing, hanging out. And we're like, this is, I don't even remember who the headliner was. It might've been you guys. I don't even know, but we got there. We're like, fuck yeah. And I was sold since then. You know, yeah. like uh, you got Chula Vista is big, but it's very small. So when something positive comes out of Chula Vista, everybody knows, even yeah. out in East Lake. Everybody knows what's going on, you know? So when you guys started coming out, my cousins were like, hey, cousin, listen to this band. I was like, why was that? Cousin, listen to this band. It's like reggae, but like for us, for Mexicans, it's like, all right, cool. So I started listening then. Because I listened to Gondwana, you know, and, and you know, stuff like that. Uh, Cultura Profetica, shit. And, and, you know, like, you know, Manu Chao, all, yeah. the, all the stuff, you know, everything that, that, that it is encompassed by this genre of music, this, this culture, this, this way of life. And I still, when I not necessarily stumbled, but when I came across your music, I was like, "Ooh, fuck!" It 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 grabbed me, and I was like, "I, I like this," you know, to to the extent where I was just I would drown myself in this music. Right need on, to man. listen to it. Need to listen to it. Not as hardcore as you guys, obviously, you know, because you're in the thick of it. So Cali Roots is the name of that version. I was always unaware, you know. I, I was like, "What what do you call it, bro? Like, it, what has it been called aside from Cali Roots? What is the style of music that's been called for you guys?" For us, uh, I don't know. Um, I guess American reggae. American uh, reggae. Okay, all right, all right. Chula Roots. <laughs> I heard that one for the first time, and I like it. All right. Chula Roots? Yeah. All right. Is there a lot of uh, a lot of bands right now in Chula Vista coming out in this style of music, Chula Roots style? You, there, there was for... At, when I'm telling you, when we're all starting, yeah. it was there was a scene here. Yeah, for sure. Before the Cali I remember Roots. Stranger. You know? I'm talking about yeah. all the boys. Yeah. We were, there was people before us and people that were, and, and you know how we had to take the torch and, mm-hmm. and represent the South side part of San Diego, which is fine. And, and, but the culture here was strong. Mm. We, everybody was pushing at that time. One of the first bands here was uh, Roots Covenant, right? And yeah. You ended up joining them and Roots Covenant has backed a lot of Jamaican artists over the years. Too, Very nice. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that, that's exactly what happened. I'm going to uh, trace it back to the, uh, the question you asked earlier with like POD and, right. and out of respect for the boys. Can leave that one hanging. Mm, mm. <laughs> bring up a name bring like it that, back. We got to answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Copa Marcos talked very highly of you, bro. Very, he says, oh, he's a very talented guy. You got to sit down. You got to talk with him. You got to talk to Louis, you know? Me and Marquitos became super good pals on the road. Just already. And with everybody, bro. From Wolf to Sonny to Trey to Marcos and even the crew and everyone that's established in it. It's a great production, great crew and just another band coming from like Del Sol. Yeah. Del Sol, Southside yeah, area. South the side. first ones that bring the South Town to like the world. Isn't that crazy? And it's just like, dude, Marquitos one of my good friends and fucking love and respect the bro. Big shout outs to Marquitos. Bro, remember watching them Very on talented. TRL and this See? guy and just getting See? your wig put back. Like, holy shit. Like that's, that's here. That's I was, from- I was one of those kids calling in voting for the video. Yeah, yeah. bro. It's like that. And my wife is like, I just remember watching them being like, oh, that's awesome. They're from here. You know, they're from here, like from Chula Vista. Fuck like 
San Diego, you Absolutely. know, like it's like, okay, yeah, they're from San Diego, the sense of pride. Oh, look, it's it's Blink 182. Oh, whatever. Yeah, there you go. But it's like, it's like, that's fucking like Chula Vista. That's San Isidro. That's yeah, Del absolutely. Sol. That's yeah. like from here, you know? So it's like legit South Side. You see it, it's like, so this is an opportunity. Absolutely. This is an option. This is something that we can legitimately do, strive for, and accomplish. And, uh, and, and it's all connected. Yeah. Like, it, literally, it's a big spider web of just time and space, like I said earlier. Like, even just me meeting T-Ray early. And then at, at the time when Tribal Seeds was was blowing up, having great marketing and doing the high schools and just blowing up with Makeda, Makeda helping out the, you know, them blow up. And, and everything that was happening for Tribal Seeds was such a blessing for where we are now, right? So at that time, it was, it was, it was me being with almost every band in San Diego at the time. I was playing with a lot of the bands of the Roots bands that were playing. Brethren, I was, I was invited with them. I was invited with, uh, with Roots Covenant. Dub Shack, and you know we're we're playing all around the city, and these guys were blowing up. And at that time, when they started blowing up to the touring levels, first it was local. I got Kino brought me into Big Mountain before uh, Pod, mm. so I was already playing keyboards with Big Mountain with a later crew. Right, Big Mountain's been around since like the late eighties. Cutting your teeth, right? getting to you know, know that lifestyle. Oh, they 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 put me on game. Yeah, and then when through the circuit of musician of musicians of San Diego and the community, I got to know POD because mm. POD is like also yeah. San Diego born and raised, sure. right? So so here we are and and I got to know Wolf. Wolf brought me up onto onto POD and now suddenly I'm with POD. Now I'm with the next band that, that is representing San Diego, which was huge at that time. I was young and these guys put me up on everything. Yeah. These are my big bros. And Marquitos How are my old big bros. were you? At that time, like what, 26? Oh man, Menchides Madre in the tour bus Go to sleep, Louis Yahweh. Quitale la botella ese vato. Imagine being 26 on a tour, bro, all around the world and doing was, things. It, it was it was probably one of the best experiences, like to be I hope for shit. I've been I've been literally living a tour bus lifestyle since that time. Oh, I want to know about that. We'll, yeah. get, we'll get to that too. That's but another, that's, 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 that's a whole, whole different bail, bro. I want to learn about the tour life because that. Yeah. There's only one way to get to the level and unlock the new levels yeah. that you guys unlock, and that's the fucking grind. So bringing it all yeah. back around in circle is uh, after I'm joining them, I'm going back and forth still. I'm still with Big Mountain POD when POD's not busy, and I'm sessioning. I'm doing mm. a lot of backup vocal keyboards, a lot of backup screaming. Professional musician <sighs> life. You yeah. know, doing a lot of stuff like that, and just and really just um, hanging with them, learning with them, but also becoming finding who I am at the same time because I'm young. I'm about to get into my 30s. Um, but at that time, it was beautiful because going back and forth, and then T-Ray just was going through a time in his life where he was just like, yo, dude, I want to take a break. Mm. And we already still kind of been watching each other, what we're doing. And then it comes full back circle, flips. Yeah. And he just brings me back in into Chula Vista's dopest band of San Diego right now, Tribal Seats. That, that's, that's, uh, that, that's coming up. That's been putting in time. That's respectfully been marketing well and doing doing everything independent. Yeah. Which is We beautiful. talked about that. No label. Yeah, no South, label. South labels. Yeah, yeah. So it was beautiful to come all the way around and just still re represent San Diego. You know what I'm saying? And coming along with that, that's going to introduce my solo record as well. So everything's kind of like, everything's still as we're speaking right now. Oh, doing, trajectory up, growing, learning, upwards. Do, doing this interview is yeah. still going to push us to mm. the future of why we're even doing this. I'm just happy you're here, bro. I might not even release it. I might just go home and listen to it alone and be like, oh, cool. That was a cool conversation I had with yeah. these guys. They'll <laughs> <laughs> never put it out, dog. <laughs> At what moment did you guys take a look and be like, oh, fuck. We have something special here. You know, I guess that more applies currently to you, T-Ray. Like, at what time was I, what show, was there a specific moment when you realized, we got something special in our hands? 
You know, more so because at Compita Louis, he was already boom, 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 bouncing back and forth between two San Diego legends, going, get, getting put on game by legends, learning by mentors or at the top of their game. Right. You guys are out there fucking establishing, you know, trying to create that ripple, yeah. turn it into a wave, turn it into a tsunami. At what point did you realize you and your brother specifically? Like, oh shit, you know what, bro? We got something here. For me, I honestly like... Early on, um, when we put out those first demos that we recorded, we got we we're getting a pretty good reception from it. And then we took uh, those demos to Hawaii, and uh, we showed it to the radio DJ there. He threw one on, and they said right away, they started getting calls to yeah. get in our rotation in Hawaii. Where like, they from? Who are they? Yeah. yeah, yeah I so, doubt it. Like, it's, I mean, so, I mean, it was kind of a blessing early on, man. It just, for whatever reason, it just seemed to resonate with people, and it caught people's ear, and... So that was awesome, you know, but next came the grind work, you know, trying to tour and, you know, me and Steve were still working jobs at the time. And our last job was custodians for the elementary uh, Chula Vista school district. Local boys. Yeah. So uh, I was 24 when I finally got to start touring full time, you know, and it hasn't slowed down ever since. But um, that's a testament to commitment, passion and just getting it done, bro. Yeah. You turn a career out of something you wake up and do every day. Yeah, man. You know, that's awesome, bro. Oh, yeah. Those are goals. Those are for anyone listening. That's a fucking golden nail. Right. You know, I just want to get up and, 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 and strum a guitar, learn how to play the guitar, dominate this guitar and start doing my thing and get paid for it or just create a career out of it. Mm -hmm. That's awesome, bro. Good for you guys. Yeah, man. And so after, like, like I said, early on, I felt like there was like something there, you know, mm. that was like working for us. You know, it seemed for whatever reason, people were responding to it. So, you know, we're grinding, playing shows and started building the audience little by little over time, you know, making the rounds, you know, around the country. Revolution was the first band to take us on our first national tour. And um, how old were you then? Uh, shoot. I think I was 24, actually. I mean, all right, yeah. cool. Yeah, man. I, think I was 24. So that was our first national tour because we already had been doing things like in Southern Cali. And um, we're kind of building a buzz for ourselves. So Revolution said, you know, jump on, Come our on tour. board. Yeah. And um because you were talking about touring life and whatnot. So I never went to college. So being on the road, you know, and experiencing that, that was kind of my college. Real life education, bro. Those were my party years, you know, and we kind of got that out of our system over time. You know, uh, I'm 36 now. So my twenties, it was like experiencing life and heroin. Pinches, oh, no, no. Oh, my, 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 my bad. Wrong, wrong, wrong band, wrong band. My bad, my bad, homie. No. It way. <laughs> no, I didn't like, thankfully I didn't hit drugs. All right. But, uh, you you know, we're going to party I, right after this. What's <laughs> going on? <laughs> but, but I was doing like, Half to a full bottle of a fucking Crown Royal a night, and you know. Though, peach so, flavored or apple or regular? No, regular. Is it yeah, way? Yeah. Oh, gee, no, shit. I don't, I don't like the sweet whiskey shit. Opening that box, taking it out of the little velvet velour bag. Yeah. Oh, it's a whole experience. Oh, yeah. Calm down, fool. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that that's what it was. That's what it was in the early days, you know, just, you know, having a good time. Were you drawing inspiration or were you just saying, fuck it, I'm partying? I'm 24, I'm on a tour with Revolution, and whoever else is playing on that tour, I'm here to fucking soak everything in the good, the bad, and the horrible. A little bit of both, man. Yeah, so. Like, I was enjoying it, but I was always driven too. I was always hardworking, even mm -hmm. though, you know, I was hitting the bottle pretty hard. I was always, okay, I'm going to wake up, start working on this next tune. Okay, let's get this, you know, let's put this verse in here. Let's record this instrument today. You know, I was always still really working hard, you know. What's even, that called? What's that called? Work hard, play hard. Play go. harder, bro. There you go. There you go. So but. the tour life was legitimately you're coming of age, bro. Like learning, learning what it means to be a professional musician, you know, budgeting your time, 
figuring out what you need to do to accomplish all the tasks on your daily list. Yep. If you don't have passion, drive, or commitment to what your ultimate goal is, because you didn't know what your ultimate goal is. Obviously, if you're in this industry, your ultimate goal is, I want to be a rock star. I want to be at the top of my game in my profession and what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, Some people get sidetracked and, and lose that because you know I, I'm going to assume that that party life is, is heavy. It's, yeah. it's crazy. And especially it's you and your brother. So it's familiar. And it's all the dudes that you grew up with probably at that time. Right. So it's like, oh, shit, these are my homies, bro. Hey, but then you hit your 30s. Then I hit my third, my body couldn't handle it no more. Yeah. Like, nope. we're, we're, yeah. we're both like, we just want to stay home and just produce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> why not? And that's yeah. why. Yeah. And so I wanted to step away and take a break from that lifestyle for a while. And How long was that break? Five, six years. Yeah. When did so. you start itching to get back? Um, Because you, you were always involved. You weren't. It wasn't like you said, all right, boom, disconnect, no tribal seats for the next five, six years. You're always there. Your presence was always felt. Yeah, I would still produce songs for the yeah. band here and there. You know, I wasn't completely out of the band. You know, I just wasn't touring. You can never leave, bro. Yeah, I mean, and I'm a, I'm a fan of I'm a, I'm a fan of my brother and you know the the work that he does. So I like working with him. You know, we have a similar taste in music and what we like. So it is fun to work with him on on biggest songs. differences between you and your brother. Um, he's more more of an artist, and I'm in between an artist and a business mind. You know, yeah. I kind of try to keep that balance going. So I try to stay on a schedule and, you know, have things planned out and a game plan. And um, for him, it's more so when he feels inspired to write, you know, like he might not always feel inspired, but I make myself get up and, you know, try to create something, you know, like on a regular basis consistently. So I guess that's a difference. Have you been on? Well, no, you haven't. You just kind of came back into the band post pandemic. Well, we're still in the fucking pandemic, but post post 2020, you just kind of came back. What has changed from the group since you initially left to now that you're coming back? I see one difference. I see I'm looking right here. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple new members and we're all older now, more mature now. Like I Same said. outlook, just a different approach. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And you know, I I don't know if I can see myself in my fifties really hustling the road and whatnot. So I feel like this I don't is, know. Don Carlos, I got something to say about that shit, bro. No real shit, man. Right? Like, like props to those guys for doing it. I just don't know if it's for me. You know, at that age, you know, like even a slightly stupid boys, man. They love touring and they love the road and it's great, man. And um, they were one of the first bands to take us on. Well, they were the first band to take us on our first amphitheater tour, man. So it was great to know those guys. But you know, I feel like this is maybe my ten to fifteen year window where I can really hustle and grind, you know, trying to create music on a consistent basis and hitting the road on a consistent basis. Like, I feel like I got a window now. So yeah. I feel like I, I ain't got time to be fucking around, you know, like this is it, you know. And you, you know, what's funny is that nobody tells you that when you first start getting inspired through, through the, through the, you know, through, through the young age and you're getting inspired to like play the music, write your own version of what you're getting inspired to. And then suddenly you, they're like, well, do you want to do this full time? Are you ready to sign your life to this? And at the time, you're like, yeah, when I'm, when I'm 50, I could tour. Whew. And then when you start your 20s and you get through the 20s of touring and you, and you do, like he said, work hard, play hard, get inspired, still write, still give the music to the people. But then you're also just, to tour, it's, it's not an easy thing. It's, it's a mental, you have to be strong, mental, yeah. physical, and spiritual. You're in the public eye, bro. If and if you're not one with yourself, you're not gonna last on this. Mm. And if and if you let go of if the balance goes off on one of them, you're gonna end up like a like you've seen a lot of these rock stars go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And we have to learn from that, respect that, respect their time, why they passed early, why why the and and still see guys cats like doing it now. 
till, till their late sixties. They don't leave it. Sometimes they don't have a choice. A lot of me being with a lot of the elders for so many years yeah. matured me real quick. Yeah, Wait, bro. Satellite See, is 20 years old. Though. You know what I'm saying? That's and crazy. That's why I got so much respect for the POD boys. Yeah. And when I'm with them, I see everyone in their market still touring at their yeah. 50s. And I'm yeah. just like, I'm like, yo, we have to really pay attention and really acknowledge that if that's what we wanted to do, we, we signed to this early. Or what are we going to do? Stay home and just produce. He tried, but he had to come back. <laughs> I mean, I was enjoying it. The road it. was calling. <laughs> I, was in, I was enjoying it, honestly, man. I, like, I was enjoying producing full-time and working with different bands and artists. And, like, I was cool with it. But um, the, at, I think it was summer, fall this year, the other keyboardist that was in the band, Tribal Seeds Band, he let us know that he wasn't going to tour the rest of the year because of COVID concerns right. and whatnot. Right. So, you know, that you know, kind of made an opportunity for me to think about it. Like, okay, well, Ooh, the window is open. I'm let, coming in. Let me talk to a little bro, you know, like, you know, if I'm going to rejoin, like, you know, we got to work on some things, you know, what's the working relationship like just normal brother, brother shit. When we're working on music, it's great. Okay. Perfect. But when it comes down to, uh, like I said, being on a game plan or strategic about doing, you know, things about releasing albums and, you know, taking advantage of certain opportunities, like that can, you know, make us butt bump heads from time to time but um you know we're working on that we're we're older Homie, now breaking news that's never gonna get fixed that's family issues those are those are things that you know you grow up you love each other and then it's like it's just something inside he's like oh competitive oh i want to do this oh i want to do that yeah. he's probably stoked as fuck to have the you back in the band i feel like he is taking it more serious Hell now yeah. and more on board you know with like trying to be more business minded about things so he's following he's he's letting me follow like take the lead again you know like it used to be so um, that's a large component of operating a business, operating a brand, I'm assuming operating a, a band, you know, it's like you, you, you can't, it can't always be show, but there's gotta be a little bit of business because ultimately you won't be, you won't allow yourself an opportunity to create a career off of what you do, which is it's passionate. You know, it's like, I get up every morning, I'm going to go play music. I'm going to go there. You need that business mindset to make yeah. that a reality, bro. Yeah. I, I feel like it was only a matter of time. He's mm. going to come back. Uh, the, the band did its success. It did its time. It's five years that he was gone. Um, I joined because he gave me his slot. Okay. I was with POD. Literally, I had a tour coming up and he taught, he texted me and said, yo, I want to take a break. Can you, can you fill in my shoes? I was like, of course I can. Uh, I was already kind of like trying to route myself back into Roots Music where I come from anyways. Okay. So it was beautiful. Everything in its time and its place. Back to right? basics. Yeah, but even then, now I've I've been with, I've been blessed to be part of the whole full circle, and how the universe works in unseen ways, and how it brings everything back around, and and even now to this time, now he's back around. Yeah. So it's just like it's perfect, and it's the and first I, time you guys ever worked together. Correct. Yeah. Say we. But I've known him since I was seven years old. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So so that's what's awesome. I love having him back. And that it's it's epic, and um, we get to see each other on different lives because we're different people now. Mm. We've grown, we've we've gone through the time, we've gone through the trenches, we've done you know some stripes, we, we we've put Burned in the them time. shit, yeah. yeah. We've we've done the time, and um, it's great to have them back. And let's just see where it keeps going, and we're gonna we're gonna push it. There's been a lot of members in this group, man. Yeah. There's been a, a lot of members. At how many members in a concert at one time have you put on the stage, bro? Was the most. Well, right now the band is the biggest it's ever been. All right, yeah, okay. We have a touring band of nine members now. Yeah. Hell yeah! Yeah, so um, that's a big group now. 
How's that work? I mean, just like any other family, you know, just like just like any other band. It's hard to keep a band happy and constantly growing and moving in the same direction. You know, that could be tough. And then you look at bands like P.O.D., bro. Like they've been together over 20 years, you know, and it's like it's the same four core, you know, and everything is still there. That's a testament to just say, you know what? Nope, nope. No relationship is always going to be easy. You can divert back to marriage, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Band, it's no different. But you throw a little money, throw a little business component in there and you mix it with passion. It's like, oh man, I can't stand this guy when he says this. Ah, Congratulations to you guys for keeping it, you know, yeah. keeping it core, keeping it together, keeping it strong. That's you're, awesome. You're combining passion with mm. business mm. and learning how to not let the business fully take over and mm. still have the passion. Be, and not be blinded be by passion, you, you know, know what I'm because So the passion still what's going to keep everything alive is what keeps us there in the first place. Yes, sir. So once you keep pushing that, you have just, just be mindful of that. For anyone that's listening right now, it's like through the years, be mindful that don't let the business. And like we've seen through the years, I have so many acts fall because too much business, too many yeah. fallouts happen because yeah. of the business. You know if what I'm you're saying? doing it strictly for money, like it's not going to work out. You know what you know? I'm saying? There's got to be some passion behind it too. And, and Roots Music really, at our time, it really wasn't about the money. When we were learning it, we, we didn't have the business aspect. It just really filled our heart and our souls to be able to maintain another day. So Roots Music is what saved our asses, honestly, from like doing who knows what, man. Roots Music is a blessing. It's a mystical style of music that, that who like like how Bob said, how the general said, who feels it, knows it. And that's it. It's, it's bottom line. If you feel it, you're going to start creating it and it's going to become part of you and other people are going to become part of you. And then we're all, we're all, we're all one anyways. El bajatelo. Mira nomás. Qué pedo. El rasteca aquí. El rasteca. Hey, I understand, dog. I understand. ¿Verdad? I'm learning your lingo, bro. And you better copyright that shit. You better copyright that rasteca shit. Fuck yeah. around. I'm going to show up with a tramp stamp tattoo because I have rasteca on it. We'll see how it gets passed on it. 50-50. Boom, boom. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your guys' relationship with Joe Musgrove, bro. Because that that's that ridiculously got taken to the next level this season. He's always been a fan, obviously, because he's a San Diego boy. But he's never been a professional ball player in his hometown. Right, man. Until last season, bro. Yeah. Um, he was a fan of Tribal C since he was in high school. And he said he was bumping that as his walkout song in high school. Jeez. He took that to the minors. And then he got signed to the majors. And he played with a few different teams. He won the World Series with the Astros. He left us a comment that uh, he was, was it the fuck out. LA comment? No, no, not that no. one. No, that. <laughs> no. Damn, I was watching it, it, that live stream. It, 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 it wasn't fuck LA. It was fuck the Dodgers. Fuck the Dodgers. Oh, yeah. sorry, my bad. My bad. Yeah, bro, that's what I found out with Musgrove. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the Astros, he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck the Dodgers. Like, damn. Yeah. Hey, we got to get this guy back to San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> and they did. Uh, yeah, and he was doing that live stream, and he said that that night after they won the World Series with the Astros, and then um, he went to the Pirates. Oh, I met him after he won that with the that the World Series with the Astros. I met him after that. He came to a show, and um, we kept in touch ever since. And then he signed with the Padres, and he threw that no hitter. Oof! Yeah, dude. Game changer. And then he's bumping that now at Peco Park. He's bumping Vampire at Peco, and I'm not gonna lie, bro. That was awesome going to watch Joe Musgrove pitch this season, and him coming out to Vampire. Oh, you got to and see play, that? Oh, fuck yeah, bro! Oh. I got to see like. Five times this year. Dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, we have season tickets. tickets so yeah, we go too. in there and we're like, fuck, dog. That's a that's a San Diego boy on the mound towing the rubber. 
listening to Chula Vista dudes right. doing their fucking thing. Let's right. take this moment to big up, bro. Mr. That's upsetting. Right now, that's big a, up, Mr. Yeah, Jones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Musgrove, bro. <laughs> Big up to his family coffee big shop up, down in no Ayan Pinchi Alpine, bro. I made the journey, I man. Oh, I made nice. that journey, dog. Nice, dude. Yeah, I made that journey awesome. to get some of that fucking cold brew. Was cracking. That's oh. awesome, man. His, his whole whole family's been so supportive and and awesome towards us, man. Just showing us a lot of love. And, Every now and then, two local boys done well collide yeah. and create and do some things, bro. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. Which yeah. leads me to making a beer with you guys later. We talk about go. that. That we're gonna talk about a on that side. Let's about Moonlight Session IPA. Oh shit! Oh, shit. oh my okay. god. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome, bro. So you and Joe Musgrove and the whole crew, homies, buddies, get mas quieres. Your brother even threw out the first pitch, bro. Yep. And I seen you picturing and fucking cheesing it up on there with Joe Musgrove, all got like prom date, arm around the waist, like, hey, look at me. I was like, hell yeah. And T-Ray doing big things, bro. <laughs> Fuck, man. When I was the homie, man, he's just showing us a lot of love, and he talks about us in his interviews and press conferences. Give me a birthday shout out, bro. Press conference, like, damn, bro. Like, fuck he says man. that shit to you, but at home, I was like, oh, he's repping Chula Vista, dog. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's awesome. awesome. Yep. He's a carnazo. He wants to party, but but we got to wait for his training and the whole season. La casa del vato? Eh? Soltero? I think so. He's, yeah. just out, he's just out there he's partying. He's, he's, he's engaged? No, he's not engaged. He's no. out there making beers he's with ready? breweries, dog. He's out there yeah. just living it up, doing his thing. I was like, that's a San Diego boy. Hell yeah. A lot of people ask me about that shit. What do you classify? What do you guys all about? It's like, down here, we're all Mexican, bro. Yeah. You know, I don't care if you're white, black, Philip. Ultimately, we all know what a burrito is. You know, we all know what a different, the, the genre of music we listen oh, to well, down yeah. here, bro. Yeah, yeah. We're all Mexican. Chula Vista specifically is like, you realize like, oh, it's a culture. I'm a white boy. Homie, you a Chula Vista white boy, which and by default is a Mexican. Joe's Italian, but he's got a little bit of, little bit of Mexican in him there as it well. Is. You know, so. What's that called though? What's that? A white boy from Chula. Rasteca. Chile Güero. Chile Güero. <laughs> there he is, dog. Yes, the way. <laughs> oh, he's coming back. <laughs> and he's back, baby. <laughs> Favorite band to tour with? Both. Any fucking bands that you've been in, whether you've been touring with POD or whether you're here with Tribal Seeds, your favorite band to actually play a show with or tour with? You've toured all a around the world with, with bands. Or so. a tour. Honestly, I can't, say, I can't do the favoritism thing. To any of the fuck it, who do you the hate the most? They say, no, no, you know what? Every out of those the three that came out from San Diego that have taken me international, it's all been a beautiful experience. Everyone has their ups and downs, everyone has their their bright parts, their dark parts. It's fine, um, but no, nah, I, I would say both before I joined Tribal Seeds. The touring has been amazing, but doing doing the legwork with the OGs and the veteranos was probably the best experience. I Especially could ever. at a young age, bro. Yeah. Especially at it a young just, age. It was just pure, just learning boot camp. And that's what made me who I am today. And I respect that. Yeah. So I'll keep it right there. Have you ever, is there a band that you have your eye on that you haven't played with? You said, oh shit, one day I hope to play with that. Band. My solo project. El vato quiere jugar con él mismo. Play with himself. You want to play with yourself. Well put, Louis. <laughs> I want to thank me. myself. I only <laughs> come, come join me. Nail, papito. <laughs> I'll watch from behind the glass. 
One of them <laughs> for, for <laughs> one of them for a long time for me was Still Pulse, but the guys got to do that nice. uh, a couple of years ago. They got to tour with Still Pulse. Nice. But uh, Mono Chow is another big one nice, too. He's nice. another like influence like on my on sound. Everybody, yeah. bro. Yeah, that guy's just eclectic. Everything he touches just seems like yeah, to be dude. on point. Whether it's you know Ricky, because he has a different style. Because yeah, a different style. Yeah, his style was like the first that I've seen that. Oh shit! Like people like this stuff yeah. because I always it's wanted, not just me. Yeah, <laughs> like I've always wanted to incorporate reggae with the Latin stuff with the rock stuff you know kind of mixture of all of it yeah. you know and I didn't think it was doable I thought you had to like kind of stay in your lane like yeah, never that just, yeah dude never that seeing him and seeing like the, the crowd go crazy from Mono Chow and I got to see him here at the Embarcadero years ago bucket list bro never yeah. seen him I look okay. forward to that yeah, I dude. look forward to that wait wait you weren't there I, no bro I either, bro everyone from Chula Vista go ahead. I run into <laughs> go ahead they everyone were there? from Chula Vista that I run into uh-huh they were there at that show. Oh, insane. But really? I didn't see them. No, I wasn't see, there. She no. was there. I was there with my pops. The Go whole ahead. fam bam rolled out. Let me tell you it something else about Chula Vista. Everybody in Chula Vista says, they're your cousin. Everyone in Chula Vista <laughs> says, they're my cousin, bro. Oh, see, 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 travel seats. All the B side players. That's my cousin. Oh, Marcos from POD. They come in here. Hey, bro, let me get a beer. Um, hey, Steve's my cousin. See, where they go to the other. Hey, man, uh, Steve's my cousin. All right. We're all related. Apparently, so, and so, Chula Vista, todos somos primos. Güey. So at the Embarcadero, that was a good, that was a famous show. But I think that's the last time we came to San Diego, actually. I think so, yeah. Yeah, because before that, I was at the show, I think a year or two, don't quote me on that, at the El Toreo. Okay, Antiguas. Antiguas. Yeah. And that was... Bananas. Like, when you see Manu, yeah. Manu's on a whole different level. Really inspirational. I wish he would come back and, you know... Maybe when everything is kind of settled and, and a little bit more, you know, relaxed, hopefully it comes back because I really want to watch that guy play before. And I, through the years, uh. even till now, I didn't know he was there. Uh. And I just found out he was there. There it is. And he's like the 20th person that said they were there at the Embarcadero show. There it Everybody is, was at that show. Oh, that was like a legendary. The mayor was there, bro, on gummies. All, all your cousins, my cousins. Were all there. los primos. <laughs> we're all there, bro. Viva directo, dog. <laughs> What about you, bro? Who's your favorite artist to tour with, play with, or something you've not done yet? Slightly Stupid Boys were a blast to tour with. Um, I don't know. It's just maybe it's the San Diego thing, but we just got along great, and just the vibe with them was. What's so the awesome. reception to San Diego Boys touring in other parts of the world, other parts of the country? Is it a warm reception? Is it like kind of like these fools? For the most part, it's good, man. You, you you definitely hit some pockets where you know it's reggae is not as big, you know. So you know they, they don't show a lot of like. They're not too receptive or you can't get a read off of the, the crowd sometimes. But uh, for the most part, it's been great. Man. When you've been cutting your teeth on touring from the, the onset of, of Tribal Seeds, did you guys get linked up with like a, a, a genre that wasn't necessarily reggae? And was that hard to like go out and play? I'm in Oklahoma today and I'm opening for fucking, I don't know, bro, Papa Roach, whatever. Not on tour, but right. we've definitely played festivals where it's been, you know, a mm. mixture of bands and artists. That could be fun though. Yeah. But, but we, that's we the reason did. why we go there though. Yeah, to, yeah, to, yeah. To get network, to learn new people yeah. and, and, and introduce people to actually, a new thing. Uh, Mac Miller actually caught one of our shows in Alabama once right? at the festival, and right. he came out to us backstage like, "Y'all were fucking sick, man!" Like, you just you know, rest in peace to him. But just to have that moment with him, it was memories dope. that you guys will yeah, always man. have, bro. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. And again, from Chula Vista, bro. Yeah, Joe Musgrove, San Diego boys. Yeah. shit, that's awesome. Look at you now. You're back in the band. You're working on an album. What's entailed in working in an album? What, 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 how does that start? At what point do you say, ¿Sabes qué, muñeco? It's been a while since we were really representing. How much time Let's you Let's see. Fuck. Oh, <laughs> shit, homie. Hey, man, I'll cut, this, I'll cut this episode down to uh, as short as I need it to be. <laughs> so it's like last, the, the last uh, record you guys put out was representing. Fuck. Has my favorite song on there. You know, I 
I like the self-titled too because there's a lot. Island Girl was on there, bro. A lot of that. That's the album I got to know you guys on. It's like, oh fuck, this is awesome, you know. But representing twenty. 14? There's an so EP after 14. That. The yeah. EP, EP but, but a full length, that was it. Simon, yeah. Simon. That was it. And then you guys did the sessions during the pandemic. Yeah. Well, still, we're here. But that was the last full length. Yep. So now you're back and you're getting at it. Yeah. So those years that I was away, the guys recorded some songs and some of those are going to be on the album. But now that I'm back, I'm you know working with Steve. Like, let me add a few more styles to this album, right. you know, just to make it feel a little more versatile. You know, I'm back. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> initially, yeah, he was like, "Nah, man, I want to, I don't want to keep writing." But you know, after talking to him for a bit, he's like, "Okay, well, then I'm gonna take some of my songs out because I still got work to do on those. So I'll just take those out, and then you bring your songs in." So, how much time do you give yourself? Do you put yourself on a schedule? I this mean, is your job, obviously. But when you wake up, that is there like, all right, from nine in the morning to six p.m. I'm in the studio. I'm doing my thing. And well, where is your studio? For the most part, man, I work at home. Arre. But um, when we got to track drums or bass or, or horns or something, then we go to our studio in Escondido. Um, but yeah, for the most part, all you need is a laptop, you know, my little MIDI keyboard, and I'm able to start the pre-production, you know, the initial ideas with that. And um, I do keep myself on a schedule most most of the days of the week. I wake up. I feel like I'm the most creative and freshest first thing in the morning. You know, like I can't, sober. Yeah, go ahead. Like and I, <laughs> yeah, sober. Yeah. Sober. <laughs> Get my mushroom coffee going, and I'm good. Calmado, Joe yeah. Rogan, aliviante, bro. El guato. Not like not Tell like nice psychedelic like mushroom. I got, I got my uh, my my microdosing mushroom coffee <laughs> with a little no, bit no, of no. a little bit of a uh, layered Hamilton uh, turmeric. I take it at 12 at 3, I, at 3 p.m. I peak Oof. and, I come back and then down. I come back down. <laughs> Time to write the hook. Time to write. I don't want to put that up there. I do mushrooms in the morning. I don't do that. I do them shit in the afternoon. <laughs> it's, it's mushroom based coffee. Right? It's mushroom Mondays. <laughs> it's a day. <laughs> Ain't no losers here, bro. Are we going to start our own live, live radio? <laughs> live radio. We're coming live and direct from Eva Brown Studios here in the heart of Chula Vista. No, man. Take me through the process of writing a song. I'm interested in all that shit, bro. I tinker with it, but obviously not to your level. What does that look like? Do well, you wake in the early up? Days, in the early days, uh, it was either I would make a beat and send it to Steve, and, mm. or he would write a song with his guitar and send it to me, and I would make the music. Um, when I stepped away, he started writing more with the guys. He would just, he had a song ready. He would play it during sound check and they would start jamming to it, you know? So they kind of constructed the, mu the music like that. Um, so I guess it's, you know, different kind of ways. You know, he writes a song or I make a beat or they work together. That's how it's been. Damn, bro. I got too many questions, bro. I'm going to bring it, I'm going to bring it back to the studio though. When you sit down, it's like, all right, guys, we've got about six songs that we were fucking with right now. We need 13. Let's give ourselves from right now, January 1st, 2022 to six months, a year, 18 months. How long do you guys usually give yourself to, to write an album, to, to create the album? For, an, like, for an, like six years, no? What's up? Like six years. No? <laughs> and then, in this case, it's going to be six years. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> JK, JK. No, man, for an independent band, you, you got to keep, you know, music pumping out, you know, and, um. I think the goal for a lot of bands in our scene, because none of us are signed to a major label, you know, it's usually like three to four years, maybe. Is that a goal? To shoot for that? Yes. Yeah. That, that's definitely a goal. That's, yeah. that, is, is that the next level for Tribal Seed to unlock? To get signed to a major label? Oh, uh, nah. Nah? Nah, I don't think. 
that would work with us. No. And yeah. I mean, in my early days, I thought that that was something I wanted, you know, but learning more about the industry and, you know, how people work. And I've done some writing sessions with people that were some shady having, shit or what, bro? Publishing, no, not shady, just publishing deals. But their thing is they just want to crank out a song in a day or crank out multiple songs in one day and like, I mean, that's great if it works for them, but I can't work that way, man. I, I want to take it's like my, a puppy farm, bro. Just keep pumping them out. Keep yeah, pumping yeah. them out. Yeah. So, I mean, just learning more about how they work and how they, you know, the system works for them. Like, it's like, nah, that doesn't sound too appealing to me. Damn. That, and, and that's refreshing. Yeah. Because most bands, the like you said, if you're going to do it for your money, the money, it's going to fail. It's going to be a project that's not driven by passion. And if it's right. lacking passion, it's lacking soul and you ain't going to go nowhere. Right. So it's refreshing to hear somebody here say, hey. I'm doing this because I'm doing this. I'm not doing this so I can get the attention of somebody else, you know? Right. But I mean, it must be nice to get the attention of, of major labels. Has that, have they come a knocking? Not, um, not major labels, but there has been some labels that, you know, have contacted us before. Um, Do you need a label in 2021 heading no. into 2022? No. As a, as a band at your level, dog, you know, at, at your level, meaning you've been around for some, a decade, yeah. You know, you've been around doing your thing almost two decades. Right. And now you're out there, you go to a show, you've gone from a hundred fucking 10 people at a show, yeah. probably to over 250 yeah. to thousands out there watching you guys play. Do you need a label on your side to become the next thing that you guys want to become? You don't, you don't need a label to have success in this business. They will get you like in a spotlight like either right off the bat or very quickly they they have their, you know, networks and corporations that they collaborate with, you know, to get their artists in front of a lot of people right off the bat. So that's, you know, the upside to having a label. But if you put in the work, you grind it out and you have a good product, like you're going to have success. Like, you know, nothing's going to stop that if, you know, you're out there putting in the work. A ver, el, el compita Louis. El compita Louis, you, you play with a band that is on a major label. You also play in a band that is not on a major label. In your experience, what are the major differences in the approach to just everyday life with a band on a major label and a band that's independent and keeping it hardcore? As long as you're touring mm. and you're putting in the work, mm. these days, I think uh, the question could be answered with these days. Uh, back in the day, the record sales used to make a lot of, you know, in the 90s and the, the income, the vast, the revenue. Early, early 2000s, you, you made. You made, you know, everyone knows you made the income through, through selling the records, mm. going platinum, going whatnot. Pop it out the These trunk, days, ten dollars a pop. You know what I'm saying? Que <laughs> Estilo immortal technique. That's um, yeah, immortal technique. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Respect to immortal technique. Say wait, you lit up like a fucking See? like a Christmas light bulb when I said oh, immortal technique. Well, <laughs> favorite song by Immortal Technique. Stop. Go. No, go, no, I'm not go. even gonna go there. Hold on, hold on. Dance with the devil. Yeah, oh my god, well, that's the classic. Same one. <laughs> well, that's another chapter because <laughs> that, that's like one of my big influences too back in the day. Um, but no, to answer your question, it's it's not it's not about what band or what spectrum to go to in that, in that section. It's really just knowing that we're here to push. Mm. We're here to, and the only way to, to stop is yourself and to keep making the income and to keep the passion member ahead of the business is to keep touring now. That's the revenue stream. Touring now. is how you have to go. Yeah. You have to go. You have to sell these places out. Yeah, you have to not sell yourself out, but sell the place out and, and give the people what they want. And give the people the music to get inspired so that they we can pass on the torch to each and one of them. 
So if we're doing that, then we're doing our job. Boom. Box is. checked. Drop mic. Ah, well. No, pero recógelo porque no, no lo pagado todo todavía. Relax. Relax. I mean, that shit's on layaway. Relax, fool. That's why you got the cheap mic talking shit over there. I know. Well, I was. <laughs> it it's seems okay. that, okay. So 2003, the internet wasn't what it was today or wasn't what it is today. Social media, pretty much non-existent, dog. So you guys are in a very unique situation where you were here pre Pinchy Facebook, Instagram, social media to the next level, fucking streaming music. You guys were here with LimeWire, giving your pinchy laptop STDs and everything by downloading illegal tracks, all of that. How has that changed the way you approach marketing from since you're the business guy in the group? Approach marketing in 2005 to marketing in 2021. Yeah, when we started, it was... The old school way of promoting yourself, passing out flyers flyer, and demos. Flyer, yeah, flyer. Tribal Seed Street Team. <laughs> that, that was me. I was a street team. You know? <laughs> like, so that's how we started. And then nowadays we have our um, multimedia manager that handles all that stuff now. But he's been with us since the beginning too. Like since we first started, like he's been part of our team. And, you know, as social media and everything, you know, technology and whatnot got, you know, Crazy. It's a huge component yeah. in your brand. Yeah. It's a huge component in any brand in 2021. Yeah. I was just talking to a homie who does pretty much everything that I do, like Eric Casas, uh, he he handles for me. Okay. You know, he takes care of all the multimedia. So it's yeah. like he does everything for the Yellowwood, everything for the brewery, everything for Emo Brown, everything, bro. So it's like Yeah, you it, need that team. You sure. need that guy. It's still, it's still an equipo de football. It's so musical. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. marketing. Go whatever, ahead. Brewery, whatever it is. So I can we we have to take advantage of that, but also create the right team. Yeah, and that's more important than anything else, bro. That dynamic, the, the the little the little nucleus that you're working with, because oh, yeah. you got somebody who's on the boat but is paddling in the opposite direction. You're gonna be fucking rolling in circles hey, over and over and put over. Put them on the plank. Go me. ahead, dog. Make put them, them walk. On the plank. Make them walk. <laughs> I love. I can't swim. Oh well. My bad. It's okay. <laughs> no, no, and it's an important part because I mean that's that's an awesome and and. Very unique situation that you're in because you went from fucking you being the street team, mm-hmm. from you flying, you going up and down all the beach cities, I B O B P B Mission Beach, doing your thing, you know. Because I associate you guys with being a very beach vibe band, you know. You're very, I mean, Chula Vista, we're close enough, you know. For, we're, we're from the ocean to the mountains, you know. The tattoo says it all. Mm-hmm. So you guys, you you have that hard work. Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. True. And in your situation, both of you, all of you, all nine of you motherfuckers on stage dancing and doing your thing encompass both of them, which is what makes that work. Definitely, man. I've seen so many great bands and so many great musicians just not put in the work and, mm. you know, it doesn't work out for them. Favorite non-reggae band for you, Señor Jacobo. I'll let him answer that. I don't Well, I said Señor Jacobo, <laughs> I know. dog, I know. sheesh. I don't, I don't. Uh, Louis Castles, you'll have your moment. <laughs> I mean, there's so many, but um, some of the bands that stick out for me is Chili Peppers, um, The Kooks, Vampire Weekend, System of a Down, Rage Against the Machine, Manu Chao. Um, those are some of the standouts, but I got everything on my playlist. That's man. awesome, like, man. From country to pop to fucking, Stop right there. You know, everything. I just realized, I just learned who Waylon Jennings is, bro. Okay. I have no idea who that was until this guy's, oh, he's been around for decades. I'm like, all right, cool. Big ups to Brian Vaughn. Go ahead. A ver, compita, don't, don't, don't pass the mic like you're not going to answer. Who's a very, who's an influential artist that you are not a part of that you look up to and you enjoy listening to? So leave out Kino and Big Mountain. Leave out all the boys at P.O.D., and everybody, all the, all the brethren at Tribal Seeds. Who you got? Well, I would say the strongest 
is uh, what San Diego is known for. Um, Calibritos. Being part of... No, no, no. In, oh, in, in the reggae scene. Espera, te pinche frijolero. Ya me pegó la hambre, viejo. Ya me pegó la hambre. Me too. I can have... No, no, no. Mira, mira, mira. Um, all kidding aside, um, I would say when I first started like learning records and putting in time into learning into the instruments and, 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 and putting in time into learning the culture and the message of the music, those artists coming around, a really underground artist, though, if you got to be in depth into the root scene, like uh, artists, I'm going to call, I'm not going to say the classic Steel Pulse names and all that because those are all great names, international names that made it worldwide and that are timeless. Those are staples. Those are staples, timeless. But the people that inspire San Diego are artists like Hugh Mandel, Augustus Pablo, Roots Radix, Israel Vibrations, Black Uhuru. I mean, I'm going on the C team playlist and I could go to the A. But that's for the special selection. <laughs> so, so it's all good. Top shelf. Um, um, but like, but yeah, there's so much underground reference from. It became underground because its time came in the early '80s and late '70s, from Studio One to Channel One, to to all those inspirations that we had, and and San Diego being like a selector. Everyone's a big vinyl collector here, a big vinyl collector community here. So when we're all inspired by that. Uh, we get to not only focus on the foundational parts of where Roots music came from and the Jamaican culture in that time, but we that, that, that this is why a lot of people call us the, the capital of reggae music because the underground scene here knows now well, roots reggae. where we stand in Roots, roots Rock Reggae. Kelly Roots, yeah. a.k.a. <clears throat> Rasteca. Yeah. Go and ahead. Then, Even the Rastecas, four Kelly Roots, though, like... Yeah. Like South San Diego had its roots scene. Yeah. Like, there's like I said, he used to play with a band called Roots Coven. He still does from time to time. Yeah, I will so always, I will yeah. always. Yeah, yeah, so I'm ready. And they, <laughs> they back artists from Jamaica that come here, and they don't do a lot of shows. They just basically come to San Diego. Maybe they do a show in LA, or I don't know. But for the most part, they come here. They jam with Roots Covenant. They play in San Diego. So for sure, back. San Diego is a spot. It's a destination oh, no. spot for a touring band in this industry. You do not skip I'm San Diego. I'm talking about... No, 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 no. Let's get this straight. Arre. I'm talking about an, an artistry of artists that are, that are like from the 80s that mm -hmm. haven't played probably in 20 years. And their underground records are huge here because here, this, like I said, the selectors know their music. They put in the time. And when you bring an artist like that, suddenly they're like... They're like Justin Bieber over here. Go ahead. Everyone's singing their lyrics. Never heard of it. It's, it's, ahead, it's yeah. present. It's, it's, a, it's a present thing. And they're all, we, it's such a blessing to see them. We, we uh, ha have their life come back into them because when they're all, you know, they're, they're in their older, probably in their 60s or whatnot. But when they come out of doing their normal nine to five job that they've been doing for 30 years, they put out those records in the 80s and we bring them in. Only San Diego and Los Angeles can sing their songs. So Southern Californians. And it's, it's like a, for before the COVID and the pandemic, it was like a once a year, twice a year thing. It's a lot Two of Mexicans shows. in the crowd too, for whatever reason, man. What, I mean, all gravitate those, towards that. We love the. <laughs> no, you're right. You know what? Those, I don't know why. Because we're yeah. fucking chameleons, bro. We're, we, 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 we vibe to whatever we enjoy. And we seem to enjoy them. Here at the brewery, the fucking, my, my, our motto here is Familia Cerveza Musica Fiesta. Those four components, homie, you have those, you can't go wrong. A chameleon blends into an environment. Go ahead. Now you explain to me, why did you say chameleon? Uh, because we make sure that, I don't necessarily try to jump into a group of people and try to assimilate to what they're about. 
I try to go to a group of people who I see who I that they're about. I'm like, oh, I connect with this. You know, I can Correct. I can vibe with this. You know, I can I can I can mingle with this. When I was growing up, like you said, you hung out with the skaters growing up in high school. You know, I hung Correct. out with the jocks because I played a little soccer. I hung out with the musicians because I was in a band. So I was like, you know, boom, boom, boom. I was boom. all that. Yes, yes. Correct. It's like all of those this things. This culture and, brings yeah. all that in one. And yeah. that's what I like the reggae culture about. You yeah. guys are very positive. There's very bodyboarders, good vibes. There's, there's all, surfers, bro. there's soccer players, there's skaters. There's a spiritual and the, side. And there's the fresas. Go ahead. Ooh. And then there's the cholos. Oh, shit. Like, like there's a little bit of, there's a percentage amount mm-hmm. of that in all of us. We're chameleons. Mexicans, we, uh-huh. you can uh-huh. drop, you can drop, tengo un primo word. I have a cousin who lives in Amsterdam, though, you know, and he opened up a taco shop and he's doing his thing. You can drop us anywhere and we'll figure out a way. Le rascamos and we'll make a living. Simon. We'll make it happen. Simon. So when you ask me, what do you mean with Camila? It's like, bro, it doesn't matter where you put me, homie. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to grind. First, I put my mind to it. Then I put my grind to it and we'll make it happen. You know? You so you just confirm you're a Rasteca. <clears throat> go ahead. Tell me more. Mm. <laughs> Rasteca brought to you by Emo Brown. So Stolen, motherfucker. going to be in here next Shit, week. Dude. This episode's called Rasteca. <laughs> New beer. Rasteca Lager. <laughs> In Chihuahua, bro. Favorite place in San, oh, San Diego. Favorite city in U.S. to tour in, to play. Oh, first. I don't know if I have one specific favorite. But you guys are really hesitant to pinpoint one thing. What's up, dog? You ready? You afraid of some backlash? People saying, "Why not us? Why not Tulane?" I think you know as, why. Why do you? <laughs> as an artist, man, like you draw inspiration from so many things, so it's hard to pinpoint one and a certain thing. You know, it's hard to pinpoint. I'll put it a little more like less like that. Okay. If you there's a list of twenty dates. Is there a specific name you're looking on those list of 20 dates that gets I you mean, excited to play in? I'll tell you my favorites. There it is. is. Um, Red Rocks in Colorado. There it is. Every time we get to play there, it's it's a fucking, it's a magical place, man. It's great to play that place. And um, Orlando, Florida has always been like, you know, big for us and um, places in like Seattle and Portland and Austin. So basically places next to this, the, the ocean. Seems like it, man. Yeah, but that vibe no. seems to be with you guys on that. There are some dope places too, like in the Midwest or in the South too, that we get a really good reception, you know, but I, I've been out the game. I've been out the game for a while. So I got to like, you know, relearn the road again. So, you know, I can probably- tu, youngster. What's up? Youngster. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Este, no, um, let's not forget, you know, the beach areas are always beautiful. Mm. We love the beach areas. Obviously, it brings like the reggae vibe and, you know. The, the islands to Hawaii. Island. Hawaii I mean, and Guam is always big. You guys were banging Hawaii hard in the onset when you guys yeah. were, you know, setting but, up the foundation. But reggae music is based off of that, right? So so being from the Caribbean and being from the an, an island spectrum kind of vibe. But, but let's not forget the people from Texas and, and in the Midwest. Anything that happens, whenever there's that kind of people, like even even brown to whatever kind of people there is there, they they appreciate and love and come with probably the most fire energy mm. that I know. I feel it, like I feel like it is growing here too in the states. Like yeah, you know, even the most random places like Montana or something. Oh you know? shit! Like yeah, Hannah, Montana, Wyoming. It, 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 it was you know? it was hard to break into those for the reggae because when I was doing in the, the beginning, when yeah. I was doing the rock. It was it was already yeah. uh, evidently huge. Yeah. I was doing those a uh, bunch of festival tours with Papa Roach, 
Incubus, when I was a POD, I would see that. But then when we bring the reggae, it was a whole different outlet. It wasn't as big. And thank God the people like Slightly Stupid and other people that were like headlining those You areas. guys. It must be and fun to spearhead no, no, we, this we, kind we, of No, movement, hold on, bro. hold on. We, we were right, we were yeah. with Tribe, with yeah. Slightly, Slightly, uh, Slightly Stupid with them. Uh, doing it and just like just being part of that and getting that out there it was the most important planting the seed and letting it sprout mm -hmm. that was the most important thing tribal seeds the name where did it come from my dad actually named the band and um originally it came from bible the 12 tribes of israel the sons of jacob um it was those 12 tribes that inspired the name for this band but over time i feel like it's kind of taken on different you know meanings it, I mean, it could be like more of like a a family community, you know, that was a tribe, you know, and it's kind of like looking out for your, your tribe, your community and your people um, and just being seeds of that mentality. So, you know, it could be different meanings for different people, but original was Bible, 12 tribes of Israel. Now we're just, you know, a tribe of, you know, community. El Jefito, bringing the fire, dropping that <laughs> banger of a name, bro. Did you not, did you not read it? What he said? What's that? Did you catch it? What's that? Tribal. He just said a vibe mm. that is caught. So what did I say earlier? Go ahead. How everything's relative in Chula Juana. There you go. So it's the tribe now of Chula Juana. Ladies and gentlemen. You understand? Louis Castle, bro. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, there he, that's the man I met. That's the man I met. That's the guy I know right there, bro. When you start talking to me with your hands, bro, it's like, ooh, shit, some, inspiration, some motivational shit's about to happen, dog. My Go ahead. Up. Ooh, damn. Nah, nah, but, but on some real shit, it's yeah. just like, that's what he's talking about. Yep. And bringing everything that we've talked about, he just brought that full circle mm. with, with just that one comment. Yeah. With Biggest. Tribe. Yeah, go ahead. Misconception of reggae music from your guys' perspective. Potheads. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't smoke weed? I smoke very little weed. Okay. Yeah. But um, like I said, the Rasta beliefs and the reggae music that we grew up with, there is a lot of marijuana messaging in it. And uh, it's more of a spiritual practice for them. It's a spiritual use where they smoke, <laughs> they smoke, they smoke, they get together, they read their Bible, they play drum and they reason with each other. And so, you know, that is part of our message as well, but it's more so for a spiritual use. And it's not just, you know, the half-baked thing where you're- I'm not gonna know. lie to you, bro. <laughs> Go for it, bro. Anytime I fucking smoke it, it's gotta be moonlight now. It's moonlight? For me, yeah. yeah. For me, it's sad. I was like, oh, I just like the, the ocean waves, the way it starts setting up. I'm like, oh shit, all right, let's but, get it. But I don't, I, don't, it. I don't knock artists and people that, you know, smoke a lot, mm. you know? It's just like, that's, you know, what helps them function and what helps them. It's like a medicine for some people. You got a you catalyst know? for that. You guys like, just you- you get this in the right. You are the grease that put on the doorway to get us through, to make yeah. the journey easier. Yeah. I appreciate you for that. Thank you very much. What about yourself? How I many biggest misconception in your scene? We have to elaborate on that. Go ahead. Um, even it, first of all, cannabis should have never been illegal mm. since the beginning. Since when it was used by, by the Hindus and by, you know, everyone that used it at that time for spiritual practices and even before Rastafari, there was a Sikh who would use it for, and the Sikh that would use it for spiritual practices, strictly to like enlighten themselves with the Most High at the time. And this is ancient times. And this is, uh, and then you got you got um, people now because he, he was uh, Tira was relating it to where we are now with it and what happened through the struggle. People writing songs with like 
free up, free up the herb, free, you know, free up the cannabis. The system obviously didn't want us to be partaking in this because it would open up our mind. It would open up us to rebel a little bit, to think. The cannabis helps you think a little bit. And not a little bit, a lot of bit out of the pocket that you are in the sober spectrum. So this is why maybe what, 30, don't quote me on this, 30, 40s or 50s at that time, they made it illegal. And it became illegal to the whole world. Talking about Mexico, that's why you have a lot of old school Mexicano families that don't really under, but, and don't overstand it either. And the, the, that is the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's yeah. True, I'm, I'm gonna bring it back because our should. parents are very yeah. old school. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you have old school Mexicano parents, old school there, Mexican parents, bro. See, I love I love T-Rex parents because he had the new school Chicano parents. I had the old school from Juarez and Chihuahua. Go parents. ahead. And they were just like herb was was not it was. And now they have both opened up their their mental aspect into being able to accept it. And and that's that's beautiful to for time to be relevant and for 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 consciousness to be part. And to be able to open up different dimension in your brain to be able to be like, okay, well, cannabis is not just something that that you smoke as a drug. Because there's actual drugs made by the government, made by the streets. And these, this one is was never a drug, classified as a drug. And that's a whole other topic, right? Mm. We could go into that that whole thing. But but um the way the whole thing about Rastafari and how it was used with them in the 30s and in the 40s and and when Rastafari started like in the 40s and the 50s they were getting they, they were getting not maybe executing incarcerated bro it's a it's a rabbit hole you can go the, down on that people, bro it's these, a, so much these people had to just wear dread not wear but live dreadlocks live a style a liberty style of life mm-hmm. that and they were getting persecuted by the government they were like no 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 Hold on, what's going on? Here? And and just and just like Che Guevara and Gandhi and anybody that coexists inside a not a religious but a spiritual spectrum that goes again, you know, he off with his head, disappear him. That's how this heal. He has to get disappeared because he's speaking too much knowledge, too much truth. I was eighteen, bro. And some of the herb makes you speak that. There it is. You know what I'm saying? It opens up uh, subconscious. And it makes you speak what you really feel, and you're not scared of it. The people that are fearless put the cannabis in front of people who are not, who, who are not, sorry, who are fearless. And then you get people, the revolutionaries, movements. Exacto. So, so bringing that all back around, um, he mentioned just the way it was used. Now I feel my, per- I cannot, I used to, obviously, as a youth, and just learning through Rastafari and being part of that culture, you're just like, who are these freaking cats? Just, just uh, you know, using it misproper. They're using it not in a style where where it's used consciously. And evolving from that, we cannot judge anybody. To be judged is to judge. So let's just stop judging everyone. Everyone smoke for their own reasons, for their own reason, and to enhance their intuition. And and if and if that's fine, that's fine. Let 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 them grow. Let them experiment. And everyone has a moment in time and space where they smoke or they don't. Some people smoke at night. Some yeah. people smoke in the morning. So it doesn't matter. Just in the end, as as the universe would fucking say, homie. I mean, check it out. Here it is. Quote, Everything quote. in moderation. If you, con medida, como dice balance, Tecate. Balance, if, right? if you drink too much, you're gonna crash yeah. and kill someone. Whoa, if, if you if you if you smoke too much, you're gonna become brain dead. Mm. If you eat too much fast food, you're gonna become fat. Mm. You're gonna have you know high blood pressure. You're Diabetes. gonna die. Moderation. If you're gonna puff, 
Puff yourself in, in moderation. This segment of so, the episode is brought to you by Grasshopper. <laughs> GHBuds.com. Bro, so, I was 18 years old and I was about to turn 18 rather. And I asked my cousins, you know, had ways of procuring certain illegal substances when I was younger. And I put it on my desk. It was for my birthday. And I was going to like, you know, pop, 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 chop it up and give it to some friends. That wasn't even for me primarily. But my mom's and dad, my mom came in. Oh, man. It was like the worst thing I could have ever done, bro. You know, she's like, ay, mijo, no puedo creer que vas a hacer esto. La, 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 la. I'm disappointed. And I was like, it's not even for me. You know, it's like, shit, I'm going to give it out to friends as party favorites. Yeah. Fast forward That's to 20, like, like now, bro. La Virgen de Guadalupe. La Virgen, no. oh my God, es una, una ofrenda, madre. But you fast forward now, bro. I get my dad gummies when he needs them. There you, go. you know, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, all right, it, now it it's is like, an herb. Yeah. You know, it's, it's meant for you know good uses for healing and you know and like a lot of veterans and even pro athletes, man. That it helps their brain. And, Too much of everything yeah. is bad, bro. Yeah, money. Air, you choke. Water, thing. you drown. Food, obese, gluttony. You know, too much of everything is is never a good thing, bro. So, yep. right or wrong, perro. Ow, el vato. <laughs> What's coming up next, bro? Shows. What do we got? We got three shows at Oof. the belly up. Oh shit! At the belly up, uh, New Year's Eve, and then January first and second. Um, so go get your tickets. We'll be. They're there. still available. Yeah, they're still available. Nice, yeah. dog. How does how do you like playing in, in your hometown? That's got to be nerve-wracking. I love it, man. But yeah, I, I do get the most nervous for hometown shows because, you know, there's a lot of family and friends out there and I got to see them before and after and, you know, hopefully- I want this. I want that. Oh, dude, the guest list situation oh. for shows is, uh, you know, stop hitting me up for guest list spots, but- Boom. Hey, dog, <laughs> I'm going to be available New Year's Eve, so what's cracking? I got you. <laughs> We were, we were upstairs at the brewery and you're like, Perro, what's up? Rasteca, you know, you know what I say? I do remember you. <laughs> you know why? Because I said Rasteca, I got you. I got you plus 10. <laughs> oh, shit. Ah, ah, yeah, bro, I don't need plus 10, dog. Don't I don't even, I don't need 10 people, bro. <laughs> I'm excited. You know, like, you know, we were shooting the shit upstairs earlier and I was like, oh man, I've never like. Had an opportunity to go out and and hang out for New Year's Eve anywhere, bro. You know, so I'm like, you know what? Get a babysitter. You know, el, el primo Louis ya dijo que va a meter. Okay. So I'm gonna fucking go and make an evening out of it, bitch. I might even stay up and sell on a beach. Oh, homie, you was crazy. Roll up was, was with crying, as many man. people as you can, bro. but don't be showing that much leg in the oh, show. Okay, on that. What's up? <laughs> hey, wait, hey, wait. <laughs> I saw you, dude. You went, okay, well, you went like this. You were like, you looked down when I put my shorts up. Like, oh, oh. <laughs> he keeps he keeps lifting him up oh, every like ooh. 20 minutes. <laughs> one webo just popped out. <laughs> Emo Brown, the one webo podcast. <laughs> Yeah, no, you, man. You're going to have to stay up there that night, dude. Is it that? Oh, shit. What's a, tri- what's a tribal seed show look like, bro? And how do you guys get? Fuck. This is, is this your first show since you came back to the group? I'm 10 shows in now. Okay, okay. So but in San Diego? Oh, since, uh, yeah. This yeah. is the first show? Yeah, dude. Bitch, I, 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 you know what? I was on the fence about going, but now I'm going, oh, dog. Shit, and I'll be right looking right at you, both of you motherfuckers. That's what I'm like, saying, man. And, and then a lot of family like, wants to come through because- He's going to sign my forehead at the end of the show. <laughs> it's more so- <laughs> It's about the, the Theos and the cousins coming through, like, you know, because it's my first show back in town. And yeah, man. And I mean, I wish I had more time to spend on the show, like preparing the show, but the album right now is priority. Priority. So that's taking my time right Whoa. now. Whoa. When is that album coming out? Fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough question. Uh-huh. Ideally spring, but realistically, probably early summer. So six months is what we're looking at, roughly. 
Damn. No, I don't want to take that long. No, three maybe months. Like, maybe like three, four months, maybe. That's a lot of pressure, dog. Yeah. It's not easy, man. I'm not, Who said it was easy? <laughs> if it was easy, bro, there would be travel seeds, knockoff bands on every block, dog. It's not easy. Especially after they've, they've done like, what, five? How many records have we done? Like the travel seeds in general? Yeah, just in general. Oh, fuck. You write so much, it's just like you start looking for different, you know, inspirations, and you gotta, you gotta, you, you can't, yeah, you can't rush those. No, fuck no. It has bro. to be in in the fluent. Mm -mm, yeah, mm -mm. yeah, yeah, it has to be on the flow. Congratulations on all your accolades and accomplishments and everything, and representing Chula Vista to the best of your ability, bro. I'm, Appreciate it. Man. I'm proud to like Salute. be and again, around you, you too, guys. man. You too, and what you're doing here on Third Avenue and all the businesses Same that one. you own and the foundation, the Emo I, Brown and the golf tournament, and whatnot. We're like, working in this, we're moving forward. I mean, we we. We got to come together and work together as, as we're older now. You're 36. I'm 42. You know, I don't even know how old you are, Lou. I don't even want to ask, bro. You fuck around. You'll be like, I'm 63. Or you'll be like, oh, I'm fucking 22. I'm a, I want it to be a secret. I want it to be mystical. <laughs> I want it. <laughs> no me digas, cabrón. It's time and age. Oh, yeah, it doesn't have a meaning. You, know, you got to <laughs> overstand this shit, bro. You need to overstand. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it, it, it's an honor to actually know you guys now, and then you know, like you know, chop it up a little bit. I feel like you know, I, I know what you're about, and I'm I'm a fan. You know, I, I I I'm not I'm not a fanboy of a lot of things, but I'm a fan of the way you represent yourselves, of the things they've done, of the things you're doing, and what you plan on accomplishing in the future. And we're a fan of you. Cállate los cinco, Pero si me callo, no puedo decir lo que quiero A ver, lo que pues dígalo, pues. Cánteme una canción, cabrón. Pero Dios te lo doy. Aquí estoy con el Steve. En su brurri. Brurri, el vato. Damn, you had the solid R's on the back. Los tres ponqueos. Moonlight. Moonlight Session IPA coming your way. Slash Rasteca. Dios mío. No, man. Awesome. You guys are killing it. You guys are taking it to the next level. I can't wait to see you guys live at Belly Up Tavern. So let Beach, the New Year's is three days, bro. Yeah, I do. Are you ready for that shit, dog? That's three fucking nights. Uh, Are you gonna make a live show? Ooh, ooh. They did the live ooh. sessions last year for yeah, yeah, the yeah, pandemic, but, but, but this, this, dog, this. I think I want to wait for the new album this, before we do a live one. Ooh, just I can just leak it, dog. <laughs> just leak it, dog. No, man. Congratulations. I look forward to seeing you guys perform live. I'm happy to bring you on here. This is your home. Whenever you guys in the hood, appreciate. You, I know you're in the east side, bro. I know you're all the way over there, bro. Where they use water? Where they use water down guacamole, bro? Whatever. Nah, pelo, dog. Hey, man, pelo. Shout, no, out, shout out to Pollo Grass, my burrito. <laughs> yeah, El Pollo Grill, best burrito in town for you. Who? In town, it depends. No, 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 no. Don't try to wait, weasel your way out of this one, bro. When you're in San super, Diego, what's super, the best one? Ah, dude. Say it. Finish it because I'm, I'm, I'm with you. If you're going to go the way I'm thinking, I'm with you. That 24-hour drive through. It started with Lolita's. Go ahead. And then it went to Super Surge. And then the now because I live in Otay Ranch, it's uh, Pollo Grill for me. Damn, dog. Little but, ho, but you, little you, burrito ho, bro. Hey, but, <laughs> but you make you make the full circle. See, see, I because will. as as a kid, we're doing Lolita. Lolita's Benita boys, oh, Benita high school go, boys. That was the after spot. Yeah. That was a spot. Nah, hold that up, was hold a spot. up, hold up. There's a there's a Lolita's before Benita boys. Go ahead. Hilltop was the first. Hilltop. No, it was a, bro, that's, that's Elstreet, bro. Telegraph, Elstreet. and that's Hilltop. That ain't uh, Hilltop, fool. No. That is that's Elstreet. Telegraph. 
All the L Street before it goes into Bonita. Got not the pinchy Thomas it's, guide. It's hey on, Siri. Me, <laughs> I, I'm the Rasteca Siri. Rasteca Siri. <laughs> El Cirro. Right before the 805, dude, we grew up to all the homies before because the Bonita one opened up after. Oh, my wifey thinks the yeah. Bonita Lolitas is bougie, bro. Of she Bonita. doesn't like it. Off of Bonita Road? She's, she, yeah. She, 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 yeah. Yaves. I know, yeah. Yaves. Keys. She's more about that la, the L Street one. She's like, that's the one I grew up with. I was like, no, that's, that's the only one I go to. I was like, no, that ain't me. It's got to be L Street. That ain't me. For me, it's the Bonita one. Uh, and the, the never own, the other one. The one the, that's in the Palomar. The okay. owners actually went to Hilltop, and uh -huh. I know them. Uh, Juan Far, big up to yeah. the Juan Far fan family. El, el, el yeah. Georgie, El uh -huh. Juan, El Jaime, El Georgie, all Simon. those the three brothers. So that's Hilltop. Yeah, it's all yeah. chula. That's chula. So we were like the Bonita, and then when they opened up the Bonita Road, one, I was like, oh, what? They got one over here, but yeah. it wasn't the same. It was better. No oh, shit. <laughs> You been to the Peco oh, one? No, Peco Lolitas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where. That's the only spot that our beer is served right now oh, with okay. them because that's the only place that has like a liquor license to push yes, it out. Yeah, bro. That's the first yeah, Lolitas with the chelas. Yeah, yeah, bro. So fucking la flama blanca. Pues que viva. It, during Padre season, it flows, bro. Que viva el Steve. Y igualmente Mira con el Louis. Y igualmente con el compita T-Ray, bro. Enjoy yourself, salucita. It's a pleasure to sit down with you and shoot the shit. I look forward to having you guys back and fucking just shooting. I'm gonna smoke weed with you guys on New Year's Eve, bro. I don't know if that's allowed with you guys with COVID, but fuck it. I got my booster. We're in. I'm with it. <laughs> <laughs>